Welcome to another edition of Len's Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest for the week, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush. So if you're old enough to remember back in the 1970s when we had a gas shortage, we even had the odd and even lines, right? The odd and even gas lines, which was kind of interesting. And the gasoline lines that popped up in this past week where the meme was panic at the Sitco were shades of the 1970s. The good news is that Colonial has restarted its pipeline operations. So that is the good news, unlike in the 70s when everything was going on. After that cyber security attack, it will still be a few days, maybe a few weeks before things return to normal. But Colonial has said it will move as much fuel as possible and safely as possible. But having the operations down for six days, of course, is going to cause some intermittent service interruptions what they said so i'll repeat that intermittent service operations now it does take a couple of weeks for the supply to get down from texas to linden new jersey usually about two week time frame which of course if we didn't have all the panic buying going on we'd have plenty of time to make sure every gas station in america is resupplied but of course we don't right phil flynn uh, senior market analyst with the Price Futures Group told WTOP that, you know, they've added the tanker trucks, which carry the fuel to individual stations. They were loading them up. So they hope to have things back to somewhat normal. But what I don't understand is why the panicking? Did we ever really feel like there would never be gas again? I mean, come on already. The panic is what actually caused the actual shortage. Didn't we learn anything from the toilet paper kerfuffle? The toilet paper kerfuffle, right? Did we learn anything? Apparently, we did not. Lines of panic drivers overwhelmed gas stations in the southeast and in areas, you know, one in every five gas stations was out of fuel on Tuesday. According to Alan Hardy, a plumber, he had driven from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina to Wilmington, North Carolina. He said, look how crazy we're all getting over a little thing. He saw long lines at every service station on the road, and it just doesn't make any sense. So explain to me why people just can't fill their tank and be done with it. Why are they so selfish? They're filling up multiple gas cans and all these other uh, peripherals, why are they so selfish and take more than they ever will need? It reminds me of the zombie apocalypse mentality where they think the world is coming to an end and they want to be able to survive for two more weeks than everyone else. I mean, come on already. Also, pictures of people doing stupid things were popping up on social media, plastic bags, they're filling up laundry baskets. These are the same people who think the vaccine isn't safe, but yet they'll put gasoline in a plastic bag. Let me repeat that. Gasoline in a plastic bag. And the fact that there was a tweet by the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. Yes, there was. It said, do not fill plastic bags with gasoline. Yes, do not. Use only containers approved for fuel. When using a gas canister, never pour gasoline over or near an open flame. It's like the directions on the shampoo bottle. Wet hair, lather, rinse, repeat if necessary. With that being said, it's time to bring on my guest for the week. 
She is a fabulous TV host, brand expert, spokesperson, former TV and traffic anchor. She's also appeared on episode 10, Choices, last year. Let's welcome back Cindy Matthews to Lens Burning Bush. And do I have a reason to be upset this week with this whole gas kerfuffle? Yes, you absolutely do. I, I feel like we've all gone a little off the edge lately. <laughs> and some of it, I think, goes back to the pandemic. Because I just looked, after we started talking about this, I went to see how many rolls of toilet paper I have in my house right now. And in the olden days, I would think if I had a four pack of toilet paper as a backup, I was in really good shape. I have three of those ginormous, you know, Costco, Sam's Club packs of toilet paper. And the other day when I had to open one of them, it almost made me a little nervous. And so <laughs> who would have thought that that would be the situation we're in? But I think the pandemic really brought this concept that that you know, if something is scarce, you don't know when you're going to be able to get it again. The gas thing, I'm not sure I, I understand as much. I just figured I'll walk more. I'll ride my bike. The weather's nice. I'll do what I can for a week or two, knowing the gas will come back. But we've become so me-centric. You, know, It's all about me and, and not worrying about the community good and what's, what's better for everyone. The thing that I have a problem with is like people were fighting in line to get gasoline for their cars. And, you know, the people they show, I hope some of these these memes, these uh, pictures were fake, but there were people that had, you know, multiple gas cans, like multiple filling up and causing lines and causing panic. Like, like first of all, gas doesn't do very well when you save it, okay? It's <laughs> not point. a good, you know, it's like the, it just, it just doesn't make any it's sense. Well, it's scary to me. When I was at the gas station, I saw a woman filling probably eight of those large, you know, several gallon containers and putting them in the back of her truck. And I thought I would be terrified driving home. What if you got rear-ended? What if something happened while you had all of that fuel in your car? It, it, downright scary. <laughs> I, I don't like bringing, so I go get uh, gas for the lawnmowers and I'll bring the tanks with me and I go to the gas station and I and I fill those up. I don't like, first of all, putting them in the car. I don't even like the chance of that smell in the car. I don't like True. that. And it's just, you know, you think about what could happen if, if it blows. But let's put it in plastic bags. You know, I mean, who in the laundry baskets? People, did you see these pictures? I mean, I did not see the laundry basket. Well, that's classic. Canisters, but, you know. But that's what I wonder. You know, I most of us are working from home right now. There aren't that many people who are commuting each day. I understand you have errands to run and, and places to go, but how many people really need that much gas within a week or two? I think my car, I got it two years ago, and I think I just hit 6,000 miles wow. because with the pandemic, I wasn't going anywhere. So it, it really baffled me. And then that that sense of doom and gloom where you mentioned people getting in fights at the pump and, and the emotional aspect of it that is it's scary to think that we can turn on each other so quickly over something that while important in our daily lives, isn't truly a necessity. It's not air, not food, water. <laughs> right. I mean, in the seventies, it actually was a shortage. We weren't getting it in the people with the odd and even and, and all that stuff. That was a real thing. And this was uh, uh, obviously a hack, which, Nobody's brought up the fact of the hack and how we can, you know, that, that's the that's the scariest thing in the world, I think, for me, because it just shows that 
we as Americans don't realize how we, we everything can be shut down in a heartbeat. Like we were worried about 2000, right? Everybody was worried about Y2K. The millennial bug. The millennial, like this is the millennial bug. This is the thing that's going to happen. There's going to be somebody that's going to hack into anything and it's going to shut down the entire world. You know, COVID shut down the economy, but if you get into the banks or get into, I mean, there's, you know, think about it, not being able to, to go get money out. It'd be like the run at the bank in the uh, It's a Wonderful Life scene. What, I've never seen the makings of a run, but that's kind of what it is, right? Right. And our entire lives are online now. We are so vulnerable and our public utilities are vulnerable. All aspects of our lives, everything, it, it is frightening. And that's what I think scared me even more than people's reaction at the gas pumps is just starting to think about what would happen and as cryptocurrency becomes more common and more popular and is accepted in more ways if we shift to that world that's also always going to be vulnerable because it's all online i it, there's sometimes when i feel like you know i my grandmother going oh back in the good old days you know, when we used cash yeah <laughs> i love the convenience we have today but it's funny too right when i heard about the gas problem i was thinking oh maybe i should look into getting an electric car for my next vehicle and then i was like well the electric grid can have problems too and would be susceptible Worse. to the same kind of Worse. hack exactly did, did you see texas over the winter Yes. <gasps> no, oh. you don't want to. The, the electric is worse. I think people don't understand. Forget the you know environment. Everybody's all worried about, oh, it's going to be better for the environment. Really isn't. But that's another story for another topic. But that you're, you're, it could be worse. You could be looking at a situation where, you know, that you may never, you know, power could not come on for weeks. What do you do then? You can't even charge your phone. People would be lost. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I live in hurricane territory. Yeah. We all have those solar chargers <laughs> and also the crank radios for oh. emergency situations. And I would probably be the one sitting there cranking it for 14 hours trying to use my phone. <laughs> I bet you would. That's that, that. We, you know, it's like the scene, you know, what's funny is the movie Airplane, right? Is, is back mm -hmm. in, I think it was 1976, 77 uh, is when that movie came out. And they had a scene in there where they had to announce that they were out of coffee and there was a whole big <gasps> deal, right? The new movie, if they had a new movie coming out, it would be, there's no Wi-Fi. And everybody would act the same way. <laughs> My God, there's no, you can't be on Facebook and Twitter and, you know, now, now Instagram. Now, that might be the circumstance when I would be trying to beat everyone else up the ladder to the roof of the building to try to get a little bit of cell signal so you can still communicate. What did we, it's almost like, what did we do before the phones and the stuff? It's like, oh my God, we're so dependent. It's like crack. It's like feed the crack. How many people's phone numbers do you actually know? I've, do you have memorized? I, I barely know my wife's phone number. <laughs> and I, I did a story years ago with a judge and they were saying, I didn't know this, that when you go to jail, it's not like they let you look up phone numbers on your phone. You need to have a couple phone numbers memorized yes. for emergency situations. And I, I was thinking about that. If my phone died, who would I be able to call <laughs> without accessing my contacts list? And this is a weird one because when I got married, 
not too long ago, that was one requirement. I was like, we both have to have each other's cell phone number memorized and we made it part of the ceremony. I find it interesting that you went the prison route, like you were expecting to go to prison. <laughs> um, but but I, 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 I would- You never know. No, well, exactly. But you know, you're right. Uh, when I was a kid, I knew everybody's phone number by heart. And I also knew license plates. For some reason, I could memorize license plates. Now you get a new one every couple of years, but it used to be like you- you know, I knew I could remember the license plates of uh, wow. the people. Yeah, I was scary good with with memory. Now I got to be honest. It's you're right. I never enter a phone number. It's cut yeah. and paste from a from a from a text or an email, and then it's just you have it in your contacts. And oh my God, God forbid the contacts go away. I do yeah. I do not understand people that get a new phone and to this day you'll see got a new phone. Text me a new contact info. Do you not know how to back up your phone these days? I mean, are we that stupid? That, but you know. is it a problem? Like if you're switching from an iPhone to an Android phone, can you can you have the contacts transferred? You can. Now, the way you do that oh, is okay. you it's... always have. So I have two ways that I can I do it. So I have I have an iPhone and I always just restore from backup. That's how mm -hmm. I keep it. I tell my kids, just make sure your backup's current. When we get a new phone, you're going to it's going to just be like you didn't lose anything. And I have, you know, from the last eight years of, of iPhones, I've, you know, I have every single contact. But, but what if happens you, if you suddenly get a Google phone? I was going to get to this, you know. You, <laughs> I took I'm a little anxious. bit longer. You're a little bit anxious. <laughs> I understand that is, a, you know, it's all good. Um, no, you, you, what you do is you back your contacts up in Google as well. So what the um, other phones, the other uh, phones use Google, and you could just transfer that. Or there's a device at the store that allows you to um, transfer contacts from Apple oh, to, good. yeah, there's a, there's a, there, so there's no excuse. There is never an excuse. <laughs> it, you, you, just people are lazy. They don't want to do the extra mile. They get a new phone and they're like, oh, uh, you know, I, I, it should all just magically appear. It's magically, you know, there, but it's not. And that's, but I, I don't know what we're going to do without these phones, without everything. It's, you know, we're constantly on the internet and, you know, of course, here I am recording from, you know, FaceTime on the internet with you. So <laughs> I guess I'm part of the problem as well. I'm not part of the solution. I don't know how to fix it. But, and that's why in so many ways, it's really helped our lives. I remember when I was a little kid having to call my friend for directions to their house so I could give them to my mom and she could drive me there. Now, because I use Google Maps and Apple Maps all the time, I don't remember how to get most places because I'm so used to just punching it in and following the instructions <laughs> that it is a little worrisome <laughs> that we've become so dependent. But at the same time, it's like we have this wonderful tool at our fingertips, quite literally. Why not use it? No, I, I agree with you 100%. I use it too. I've got, you know, we, uh, with the cars, you get the navigation or you get whatever. It's just so much better to do that than printing out the old maps or having the Hangster map uh, in the car. Like nobody even knows what that is these days, like to have a, an actual map or read a map, right? It, uh, it is kind of interesting that you, you just look on your phone or, you know, but you're right though. It takes me three, it used to be one time I would drive to a place and I'd know how to get there. Now Absolutely. it's like three times because I still look at the, like it took me, you know, my, um, I'm trying to think recently I was going someplace and I, it, it took me when I was getting my shots, um, it took me, uh, one time and then I'm like, Oh, how did I go? I can't remember. And then 
I used the, the navigation again. And I'm like, oh, it was pretty simple. Why did I not? But yeah, you don't remember, like you're not doing it. I think that that's the problem with, with even the kids with the learning today is nobody's writing stuff down and they're not taking notes and they're just putting it on their phone. And, you know, you're really not typing. And when you write it, physically write it, it starts to, you know, you start to remember it. That's how my memory yeah. works. And they'll make fun of me in meetings. I still bring a pad of paper and a pen and everyone has their laptops. And what I do is I take written notes and then I'll go home and I'll actually type it into my computer another time I'm going through it. So it's really stuck in my brain and it works for me. But I know that you know, any kid in school these days, they've never had to do that. I remember being in classes where the teacher was lecturing and your hand would hurt because you're trying to write so much, so many notes so quickly. Do you remember that? Yes. Did that happen to you? Well, and now yeah. I was like, that, I mean, that stuff, it was in your head. <laughs> I, I still, so I still do it. So I am old school and new school. So like you are. And what I do in, in meetings, I actually have a notebook. And anytime I, I've got this notebook, I have every notebook from you know, the time I've been at my company. I, I keep them and I date them. And then if I ever want to go okay. back to the date, I can find them. But the information is there and I write it out and then I'll put it in, in the computer as well the stuff that's important, right? The, the little uh, stuff, but I still write it out. I remember, so you bringing up the point of, of your hand hurting. So this is a good story. So when I was in high school, I think it was sophomore year. So this is going back to when, before there were cars, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, sophomore year of high school, we had biology and I had an interesting teacher. He, uh, he was kind of interesting uh, in, in a lot of ways. We, we counted the amount of days he wore the same pants every day, but that, that's another story. But he made us in class. So the assignment was the notes had to be rewritten. So okay. it, with red pen. And then that was a homework assignment. And it really helped you remember, but you wrote it. And if you had, you could not bring a red pen to class because everybody tried to do that, right? Ah, yeah, sneaky. you couldn't you couldn't bring a red pen to class. So you had to write it out in blue or black or whatever. And then at night you had to rewrite it in red pen. So that was your assignment. But it really got you when you took the notes in class and then rewrote it. It made sense at the end of the day. Right. When you rewrite stuff, it's it, it just makes it better. I, I, yeah, I think yeah. typing does not have no. the same impact. No, it does not. And that's where I worry now. It's I still like sending cards and handwritten notes on occasion because we get so little mail or it's not fun mail that I think it's it's a nice surprise when you get something like that. But I start to worry if I'm sending it to a, a person who's like 10, what can they read cursive? Yeah. So no. many places don't teach it anymore. <laughs> then maybe that's part of the fun. They have to decipher it. Well, my, find hand, the code. my handwriting is kind of like that uh, the doctor. So it's not very good. It's never been... <laughs> Very good. So I don't do many handwritten notes anymore. Although, it, you know, sometimes even in sales, it's a good idea to send a handwritten note. Um, but, you know, it's, it's you don't see a lot of that anymore. The fact that you want to do that just makes you a better person, I think, than me. And I like that. I like that about you. Oh, I'll, I'll take that. I think it's just one. I think we do for others what we like yeah. for ourselves. And I get excited when I get a little you know, card in the mail or something when it's in with all the advertisements and catalogs and bills, which, but I guess we don't even really get bills in the mail anymore. I get everything online. Yeah. There's a few bills. I think I still get in the mail for some reason I didn't convert to, uh, but I pay it online. I pay it in the, in the app. I don't even go online anymore. It's, it's on the app for the most part. 
uh, or it's automatically w- w- withdrawal. I mean, perfect example. I, I finally got uh, the car that I've been talking about for months and we ordered it, you know, in January, finally got it uh, May 7th and the car came in and, and got a good deal on it, which I was very happy with the insider's deal, which is good. The putty nice. insider's deal. But anyway, it didn't take Chase Bank more than a week and I already got the bill. It was like six days. I already had the new statement for the new car. Wow! So this nonsense—they're <laughs> on top of that. Oh, they, of course, <laughs> they want you to—they want you to pay them. It, it, it all comes down to it. So, quick stuff on that. But yeah, it's—you don't really see many. But you, but I did get a, that in the mail. So it did come in the mail. So there's well, a few things that still come in the mail. You I did keep the post office open for me so I can send cards. Well, speaking of the post office, those of you that don't know, the deadline for tax day is Monday the seventeenth. And, of course, I have to pay. So they're getting it on the last possible day. <laughs> um, so uh, the IRS will get their uh, thing. I hope they're not listening. But anyway, they're getting it. Uh, I'm, I've, I don't even have a stamp on it yet. I've got it in the mail, I'm ready to go. But i gotta get, I got to get a stamp. Do, do, I have to actually go to the post office to get a stamp. Is that right? Is that how that works? Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't mailed something in Pretty a long much. time. I find I do a lot of online shopping and with the returns, I'm more comfortable if I actually take it to the post office. So I get the receipt. I can prove I sent it back. And that's when I buy stamps. Okay. Well, (laughs) I'm happy that you're buying stamps and not everybody has been (laughs) with this whole pandemic thing. Everybody's been a little bit freakish, as you mentioned, and it's been over a year and everybody's kind of crazy. Gwyneth Paltrow has dealt with it in different ways. Gwyneth Paltrow apparently hit the bottle every night. Interestingly enough, what? She she gained 14 pounds uh, <laughs> during this whole thing, too. And she's well known for her wellness and fitness brand goop. And I think she's got the candle for her vajayjay, I think is another. But that's a that's another that's another story. <laughs> another day. Uh, another day. But apparently she concocted a lot of uh, quinoa whiskey cocktails to help her get through the lockdown. This is according to the mirror, which the mirror has got uh, good stuff. But she was drinking seven nights a week, making pasta. And eating bread, and she totally went off the rails. Now, she's 48. She means, you know, I mean, who who drinks multiple drinks seven nights a week? Well, you know, it's not healthy, but I would say that I'm... pandemic. Yeah, I know. She loves whiskey, and she makes a fantastic drink called the Buster Paltrow, which she named after her grandfather, who loved whiskey sours, uh, she talked about. And the great quinoa whiskey from the distillery in Tennessee with maple syrup and lemon juice. So it sounds Ooh. heaven. It, it really does. It sounds like a health tonic to yeah, me. It, it really it, does. But, you know, with the pandemic, I always considered myself a light drinker where, you know, it's, I love wine. I love cocktails. But most of the time during the week, wouldn't really indulge. And then on the weekends, you know, going out to dinner. During the pandemic, there suddenly we had happy hour all the time. Yes. I'm a, I'm a big fan of gin. And what the craziest thing is I had COVID. And after, right after, I lost my, my sense of smell and most of my taste. But oddly, I could taste gin and tonic. Oh. So so for about three weeks, I was having gin and tonic every day because you're so excited to be able to taste something and, and truly enjoy it that I laugh going, I'm the only person who got sick and then gained weight because of it. <laughs> Everybody else probably didn't want to eat anything. And I was indulging in fat, sugar, salt, and gin. All of a sudden, you, tr- you turn into Dudley Moore from the movie Arthur. <laughs> I hate it when it happens. I race, I race cars. I'm fond of women. I have weekends off. But best of all, I am my own boss, right? You just start drinking. It's like, wait, where the hell's my drink? 
Um, <laughs> you know, and but she said Paltrow said she didn't get blackout drunk, but was hankering for cigarettes during her nightly uh, drinking. She misses it. She said of the former smoking habit, but the drinking, I guess, will continue. I don't know what's going to go on, but you know, like you said, sometimes I think everything in moderation is good. As we start, you know, maybe seven or eight a night might be a little much. <laughs> Um, oh, I, I, but again, I'm not going to judge. I am not here to judge anyone. I think people judge people too much. Absolutely. Well, and during this time, I mean, it's it's a comfort. We're looking for anything to bring some sense of normalcy or fun and joy as as we go forward. And I, we had to get through it somehow. I found Fritos, double stuff Oreos, Ooh. gin and tonic, you know, all those, all those things. Those were my comfort foods. Yeah, I, <laughs> now I'm back to veggies, but uh, well, I like Fritos and double stuff Oreos. So I could definitely <laughs> come over to your house and, and gin, I, I'd be okay. I like vodka a little more, but okay, um, th- th- we can work with that. And it makes an excellent dinner. You feel like there's the corn and the Fritos, you know, if you indulge in some salsa or dip, you know, that can get you some more nutrients. I was, you know, it's interesting. I was more of a Doritos fan back when I was a kid, but as I eat Fritos now, I'm like, how did I not like eat these more? Because they're fantastic. I get the big box of like assorted chips, like in their bags, the assorted bags okay. of chips. And I just found like a couple bags of Fritos and I'm like, oh my God, these are spectacular. It's just the simple Simple thing, right? Simple snack. They're delicious. I don't know why Fritos and Pringles. Ooh. I think Pringles take me back to when I was a kid too. That they're they're particularly comforting and tasty. But I also discovered I believe one can of Pringles is one serving, Ooh. and I don't think that's really how it's supposed to work. No, I don't think that's. One, <laughs> but you can't. It's like anything else. You can't eat just one and maybe one serving. <laughs> I, I one canister. But you're right. Pring, Pringles was another. You know what's another really good chip. Uh, similar what? to the Pring uh, to the Pringles, it was called Munchos. Uh, they were uh, uh, oh. a, a, they were an orange bag with the uh, yeah, and and they I were similar to Pringles with the taste. Um, some of them you just went over you know. It, nowadays people get the bake lays and the other stuff. It's like come on, you know we, it, we're not looking I, to be healthy here. If you're gonna do it, do it right. Exactly. It's like That's eating non-fat ice cream. Like I just don't get it. <laughs> I mean, Although, it's got to have more fat. I think. Not less. I, I do feel like a rebel. I use half and half in my coffee. I'm Ooh. like, same thing. It's like, I just go for it. Well, <laughs> It I tastes am, so much better to me. I am glad you go for it because that's kind of it. And speaking of going for it, apparently Jennifer um, Lopez and Ben Affleck have been seen together. Benifer is back. And there was even a Jeopardy question, apparently, about Benifer. Um, and the whole thing uh, there, the movie. You know, apparently they have been... Uh, seen maybe reconciling um you know from a long time they were engaged i don't know if you remember from 2002 to 2004 uh after meeting on the set of geely which was not a good movie um but uh she apparently has the ring i think is what they're saying the Uh ring uh was a 6.1 carat diamond from harry winston and reportedly cost are you ready for this 1.2 million dollars you have to really love somebody or at least in, in, in good like to spend $1.2 million but, on them. But wait, she didn't give it back? That's what they're, they're saying. An article today uh, is talking about it that, uh, that apparently Jennifer Lopez did not give back the ring. I don't know if this is 100% accurate, 
but it's just everybody wants to hear about Benifer and the whole thing. <laughs> Apparently her and A-Rod didn't go over very well. I think what ended that relationship, the A-Rod thing, was New Year's Eve. The two of them kissing and making it's like who wants to see that? That that's that's when I was over it. You know, I was over that then. It, well, I mean, he supposedly was, you know, hitting up other girls. So that'll well, cause a problem. That'll cause a rift in your relationship. And, and this is surprising because that's probably how they got together in the first place. I always find it interesting that the people that cheat on each other were wonder why they get cheated on. Right. They they cheated on someone, who, you know, and, you know, they tell two friends and so on and so on. And that's how it really it works. And that's another television commercial, if you remember, uh, the, the Tell Two Friends. Exactly. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, and it's funny because I'm, I'm realizing now, I guess relationships are just like the fashions that all of a sudden I'm like, oh, yeah, that's coming back in style. So I just hope we all don't have to go back to whoever we were seeing 20 years ago. No, no, I don't. I don't think that's going to be happening. So not a new you, trend, not a new trend. And since we were talking about alcohol, which through the whole pandemic. I wanted to bring up a kind of a sad thing or not a sad thing, but just, I enjoy the show mom on, on TV and love it. There was just the final episode last night. I guess they couldn't go, you know, after Christy left, uh, last, you know, this was the last season. I got to be honest though. I didn't miss Anna Ferris this year at all. I only missed her the first episode or two. It was strange. I felt like it, they had to find yeah. their footing with, with the cast that was left, but, I thought they did a spectacular job shifting that and making it still a, one of my favorite shows. It really is terrific. Allison Janney is just fantastic. But I actually think the person that plays Adam, and I can't off the top of my head, oh. I can't think of his name. He is what brings the show together. And Marjorie and the whole the whole cast, Chuck Lorre, for what you know what he does, he is the sitcom king. Now he is the Norman Lear of this generation he is just amazing chuck laurie has done two and a half men uh, uh Ma mike and molly he has done uh now, now mom he is brilliant and he you know they asked him you know why is this show ending now it's you know critically acclaimed and he says that's a wonderful question it's not something we wanted um he said in advance of thursday's uh, finale but uh Lori said he was surprised and disappointed when he learned in February, that mom, which centers on a group of friends which support each other in recovery from addiction, would end. And, you know, a feeling shared by the cast members. All of the, the cast members um, enjoyed it. You know, despite the sadness of the show ending, Lori appreciates having the chance to work with the ensemble. And here's, uh, I, I should have just looked a little bit further, but Alice and Janney featuring Mimi Kennedy, Jamie Presley, Beth Hall, Kristen Johnson, and William Fickner, uh, and uh, fellow executive producers, Gemma Baker, Nick, Nick Bakai, and uh, Warren Bell. But it's a fantastic show. We're sorry to see it end. And I actually think it was getting better this year. Uh, and it's, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's a shame that it will not be anymore. But go back if you haven't watched Mom. I was one of those late to the party because I'm late to the party with a lot of shows. But I think... This was one of those that I started watching and then I binged watch and I was like, oh my God, I, I love this show. It's what a wonderful way to humanize a, a common problem. It's something so many people deal with, but to be able to have fun and see joy in their lives at the same time, you know, we're along the ride with them and sometimes it's painful, but 
but they still have so much fun and the bond of those women and the way they support each other through this, I thought was absolutely incredible. The writing's spectacular too. Yeah, well, they do it. They do a great job. And a lot of these shows that are on um, are just amazing. Speaking of amazing, and I, and I want to get to you in a second. We've kind of, you know, rambled on, but uh, I do want to talk about this. So, so, you know, we, we, I've been in the radio business a long time. You, you, you've done television. And one of the things we don't see ourselves doing when we're in our 90s still doing this, right? Um, I don't think I'm going to be 96 still doing a podcast, which I don't know if I make Why it not? that long. Why not? But after more than seven decades in radio, a 96-year-old Hong Kong DJ bid farewell to his listeners last week with Time to Say Goodbye, song by Sarah Brightman and Andrea Bocelli. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Goodbye. Thank you for coming. Ray Cordero said in both English and Cantonese before signing off ahead of the 1 a.m. news. This is actually this morning. I, I apologize. It was Saturday. So uh, it began his radio career 72 years ago and a more than 50-year run for the show All the Way with Ray, which uh, started wow. as a public broadcaster, RTHK, in 1970. And he rubbed shoulders with Tony Bennett, the Beatles, Cliff Richard. But again, 96 and saying, you know what? The fact that he was still doing it is amazing. That's phenomenal. That, And I guess you know, when you love something, it's not work. And that's what a lot of people have trouble understanding. Because they think, why would you want to keep working if you didn't have to? But if you love what you're doing, it's, it is what you would choose. Yeah. No, he said for, for you know, he was... Um, for his last show, he spun a variety of tunes from the Carpenters, Perry Como, oh. and Louis Armstrong, among others. And it's interesting you bring oh. that up about the fact of loving it. And, that you know, Alex Trebek, right up until the end, right? He was hosting Jeopardy! Yeah. even with cancer because he loved it that much. It wasn't that he had to work, right? Nobody has to say, be the host of Jeopardy! But it was just fun for him. It was just his life, right? So you may be doing this when you're 96. Could be. Could be. Why not? If I hope I, I can still come on. <laughs> well, I hope so. But if I was going to live that long, I probably should have taken a lot better care of myself uh, to get to that. It, it, I still got a ways to go, but it, in my 50s, I'm not not doing so well. I got really panicked. I went to a psychic with a friend for her birthday, and the psychic told me I'm going to live a really long time. And I think she expected me to be overjoyed, and I started freaking out going, I'm not sure I can afford that. <laughs> well, what people don't understand, if you want to live on $4,000 a month and you want to retire at 65, you're going to need $480,000 to do that, at least. Really, nine sixty. but if you get some Social Security, you can, you know. So that's 20 years from 65 to 85. If you live to 96, uh, wow. you're, you're going to have to get more than that. So that's kind of where that, uh, that comes in. But we went on and on. I want to talk about you for a second. Promote some of the things you've got your tv website you you're on uh hsn still right selling yes. women's shoes like al bundy is that right you, <laughs> exactly okay. exactly i can't believe it's I, it's been 10 years that i've been in the footwear industry now and you know, started out as a broadcast journalist it's not exactly where you think you're going to end up but it it's fun it it is fun and it's honest which I really appreciate it, and that's partly why it's fun. But I also get a lot of free shoes. So what wow. <laughs> woman doesn't like that? <laughs> I get overwhelmed by shoes. It's fabulous. I think that's terrific. And I would buy shoes from you. If you sold men's shoes, I would. you'd be the type of person I would buy shoes from. 
So I think <laughs> you seem like that that trustworthy person on on TV, you know, to buy shoes from. Well, thank you. But it is one that especially coming from that journalism background, I've been very fortunate that I'm picky in what I what products I will deal with. And not everyone has that luxury or chooses to take that stance. And, you know, I, I feel very beholden to people that, you know, what I say is true and, and accurate and I want them to have happy feet. Aww. It makes a, it makes all the difference in the world when your shoes or when you're getting blisters or you're uncomfortable. It's terrible. Nobody wants that. No, nobody wants that. We all want happy feet. That's why there was a movie, right? Wasn't <laughs> exactly. It the, Peng, the Penguin movie. <laughs> well, you can. Uh, how can people uh, find you? Um, oh, gosh. You know, Instagram, Cindy Matthews TV is one of the easiest ways. There are two T's in Matthews. That's always the key. Oh, two T's. I like that. <laughs> Matthews with two T's. Well, you can like Lens Burning Bush on Facebook at Lens Burning Bush. Follow along at Lens Burning Bush on Twitter. We have a YouTube channel where we're we're putting the audio together, although nobody's subscribing, so it's not good. We got to get we got to get people to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Search Len Harvey and then or Lens Burning Bush. The hashtag I put that in there. It's all the audio from all the ep episodes that I've been uploading since. Uh, probably after the first of the year, but so it's not all 57 episodes um, or 58 today. Uh, but you'll you'll see a lot of episodes on there. And if you like, you know, put it on YouTube, give it a like, give it a follow. But uh, you can also uh, listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio. Tune in. You can ask Alexa to play Lens Burning Bush. So when you do, just say Lens Burning Bush podcast because i don't know what's going to come up if you just say lens burning bush so i, I don't i don't want you could get people in trouble I, I could get people in trouble i don't want that but uh it's on um pandora now too it took me a long time to get wow. approved on pandora uh but we've got uh downloads in the uk so uh you know thanks to everybody that's been listening but it's been a it's been a good run i i really uh enjoy doing this uh, every week and i will continue to do it because you know it helps me right and it's all about me <laughs> at the end of the fun. day. It's It's And you're great. This is wonderful. And I'm really impressed. I can ask to go ask Alexa to play your yes, podcast. Yes, it's amazing. That's like, that's a pinnacle. That's what you're going to do right after the show. You're just going to go, Alexa, please play Lens Burning Bush podcast. And now everybody's going to have their Alexa device go off in the house if they're listening to me <laughs> on, on Alexa. Well, thank you, Cindy Matthews. You are a treasure. Uh, I am so glad you came back on the show. It is so good that you're healthy after covid uh, the world is a Thank much you. better place with you in it. So if you're going to live Aww. to be 90 something, maybe I'll hang out with you when I'm 90 something. You know, <laughs> I like it. Sounds it, good. It, Thank that, you that's, so much. That sounds good. We'll be back again. I'm Len Harvey. We'll be back again with another episode of Lens Burning Bush next week. So long.